You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Spicy Saturday morning. Uh, we got the Mets, a late night victory, which should have been stress-free, was not. 6-5 win for the Mets. Starling Marte with a little hustle down the first baseline. Uh, the best performance we've seen from Seth Lugo last night of the season. And the Mets find their way to a 6-5 victory over Team Nate. They should beat. Now, again, you win one of the next two. You win that series. Very nice. If you didn't know, the Mets won it uh, late last night. Had a 5-1 lead. Bullpen kind of imploded. They lose it. Uh, the lead, it's 5-5. We go to extras. They uh, cobble together uh, an infield hit and uh, find their way to a 6-5 victory. So good news for the Mets. I think they are now 11-4. and That's a good, I mean, uh, that's a good number. 11-4. and And I know that we'll sit here and we'll still get the, yeah, but you know what happens when we get to July, the Mets fall apart. Okay, maybe. I don't think this year. I think it's different. So, on the table, Mets. Here's what, here. Ty and I had a, I mean, we were up at like 5.45 this morning. Ty and I had a meeting. 5.45. He called me, FaceTime. He's on his way into the studio. I'm like, Ty, it's very early. He goes, Dave, the show must go on. We need to have this conversation. I said, fine. We start talking about the open. He says, how do you feel? about a potpourri of just everything, a conglomeration in the open. Yankees, Mets, Rangers, basketball, Ben Simmons, NFL, Canarius Tony. I said, I love it. I love it. A smorgasbord of sports right off the bat. And that's what we're going to do. Now, why that had to happen at 545 this morning is beyond me. But he wanted to be very well prepared. And I think that's what we are. So, Mets, 6-5 win. Another victory. They've won four out of five. They win every series so far. I, I mean, I know what the, the negative Mets fan or Mets person will say. Well, you know, they always fall apart. And the bullpen, boy, I don't know. Right? And the bullpen, I don't know. I agree with you on the bullpen. I'm not falling into they always fall apart. All right, they're down two starters already. Right? Walker's out the ground. We, we don't know when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back. And, of course, we want him back. But when you look at this Mets team right now, if you're taking a negative tag, you just, you, you just love, like, you're just a negative person. That's, you, just, you want to be negative. You are negative. Buck Showalter is wonderful. The starting staff has been great. It's a different, Lindor is a different player. Marte adds a different dimension. Like, they're athletic, they're fast. And, and then you hear, well, they're, they're old. Yeah, they're old in spots. I don't, I don't look at this team and say it's old. I mean, Nimmo plays young, and Lindor is young, and Alonzo is young, right? I mean, th- there's a lot of youth to this team. Yeah, Cano is old, but I don't look at Cano as a guy that I'm – I mean, you, you may ha- give him at-bats, but I don't look at Cano as a guy I'm going to be relying on. So do, do they have some age? Yeah, Scherzer, Scherzer's old. You feel good about Max Scherzer? So, yes, I, is there some, some older players on this roster? Yes, I don't look at this team and say they, they play old. By the way – before we dip into the Yankees and Ben Simmons and all, all sorts of different stuff, phone lines are open, and this is different than we usually do. Typically, we open the show, and it's like one specific topic. You want to get into the Yankees? Call on this. We are going to potpourri our faces off today, where you can you you want to get into the Kadarius Tony story. You want to defend Mekhi Becton. You want to go after Mekhi Becton. 
You want to get into the Yankees. You want to get into the Mets. How about this? Now, this is not something we typically do, but we're going to start to typically do this now. Little Rangers. Little Rangers, because this is a team that you looked at weeks ago. You're like, that's a nice story. And they're going to get in. And now I think you look at the Rangers and you're like, you know what? Why not us? We're, we're as good as any of these teams. Now, could they lose in the first round of the playoffs? I guess they could. I mean, the teams they're going to be going up against are, are monsters, be it Pittsburgh or Washington or Boston or Tampa or wherever it happens to be. But you don't think the Rangers could go on a run? No, they could go on a run. So we're going we're gonna to include the Rangers. No, we're not gonna, if you want to call on the Rangers, call on the Rangers. Let's do that hockey. We'll do the hockey. By the way. You hear me sniffling. I'm, I'm not sick. I don't, do you guys have allergies? Oh, my God. The allergies are brutal. So I'm not sick. So you can come close to the radio without catching anything. It's just allergies. All right, 1-800-919-3776. And I got to say this. As much as I, and I don't want to say worry because I don't worry because I don't care. But as much as I think there's reason for concern when it comes to the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees are what? They're they're eight and six. They don't score again last night. I mean, here. I mean, yes, four runs, fine. Aaron Judge, big night, but the Yankees' bats are still a concern. That being said, how how are you going to destroy? I mean, if you're concerned, if you look big picture and you say, I don't, I don't love what they've done in the offseason, Fine, but I, I think it's hard to destroy a team that is pitching to like a 208 ERA. And there's not a guy that either comes out of the bullpen or the starting rotation you look at and you're like, boy, I don't I don't like him. And I know that there are people, Gary Cole, I don't like Gary Cole. Garrett Cole is not worth I, I don't think he's worthy of what he's being paid. I don't think Garrett Cole is worthy of a nine year contract. I think you'll get to the end of Garrett Cole and you will be like, I can't believe this deal. I think you've seen Garrett Cole this year and been mildly, if not more, disappointed. All that being said, Garrett Cole is not going to be a problem this year. Like, you're not going to get through the entirety of the season, and Garrett Cole is going to be, you know, 8-14 and 14 with a 5-9 ERA. He's just, he's too good for that. Now, you might not get Garrett Cole in the conversation of he's the best pitcher in all of baseball. That, that might not be the way anymore. But as far as legitimately being capable, I think you'll wind up being fine with Garrett Cole. Now, that's a different story than Garrett Cole in a, you know, in game one against Tampa in the first round of the postseason. That's different. You might not have confidence in him with that. But when we get to July and you're taking on, you know, Baltimore, I, I, I think you'll be fine with Garrett Cole, although Baltimore did proved me wrong last weekend. So, Yankees, again, do you have some concerns? Maybe you do. Overall, I mean, the, the Yankees, look at this team. They're, they're, they're going to be fine. They're, they're going to win 89, 92, 95 games. They're, they're going to be fine. Now, I don't know that that means they win the division. I don't know that that means that they come in second in the division. But as far as are they capable of winning 90 and getting in and playing in a best of three, Yes. Yeah, right? Like, what? What it, realistically, what is the downside of the Yankees? Like, how bad could it be? Because everyone is just, uh, it's, and I've said this too, 
it's awful and 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 they have no offense and they're clunky and I the one thing I'll say I can't watch Joey Gallo. I, I'm sorry, I can't watch Joey Gallo. I I I root against the Yankees like actively. I watch them like all right, look, you know Red Sox, Rays. Who I I don't care who it is. I actively root against the Yankees and watching Joey Gallo not liking the Yankees still pains me. I would think if you were a fan of the Yankees, he would drive you absolutely insane. Insane. That being said, I think you have to come to the conclusion that they're going to be okay. So, all right, Mets, Yankees on the table. We've done that. We moved them to the side. Ben Simmons. Now, there is a game three tonight. Brooklyn and Boston. And Brooklyn looks... From what they did in the first two games, it was laughable. It was. Because at a at a, a drop-dead minimum, we should be sitting here and this team should be 1-1 in this. At a minimum, 1-1. And we're sitting here and they are now in an absolute must-win tonight. I mean, you had, and, and you can't argue at all who has gotten the best of the coaching in this series. Udoka. Or Nash is comical. And stop with the, well, you know, Nash has no experience. Well, neither does Yudoka. But he comes out here and, and look at look at Boston's game plan to slow down, if not the best, one of the elite scorers in the world. We're going to play physical with them. We're going to double them. We're going to be a I, I have, I'm telling you this. I've never, I've seen him struggle in the past in stretches. I've never seen such consistent struggles from Kevin Durant. In two consecutive playoff games ever. You, you think that's just that just happenstance? No. It's because they're game planning to shut him down. Or to slow him down. And all I heard after game one. Is well you, you do realize. Right you do you do realize that it was one game. And Kyrie was great. And Durant was 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 awful. That's not going to happen again. Well you're right. It didn't happen again. Where Kyrie was great. And Durant was awful. They were both awful in game two. So now you're staring at a 2-0 hole, and you, you sit to yourself and you say, we're probably not going to win this series. I, mean, I guess you could. The talent is there, but odds are you're not going to win this series. And boy, oh boy, this, this Ben Simmons thing, what a, what a debacle this is, huh? What a, what a disastrous story Ben Simmons is. So let me see if I understand this, and correct me if I'm wrong. Ben Simmons hasn't played since last June. Ben Simmons, I, I guess Doc Rivers spoke very negatively about him by saying, I don't know if he can be starting point guard on a championship team. And Ben Simmons doesn't want to play. And Ben Simmons had issue, personal issues, emotional issues, couldn't play. Then Ben Simmons is traded. Then Ben Simmons comes to the Nets. Then Ben Simmons is going to play. Then Ben Simmons has a back injury. Then Ben Simmons gets an epidural. Then Ben Simmons is healthy enough that he can play. So here's what I don't understand, and maybe you can explain it to me. How is Ben Simmons able to apparently play in a game on Monday but will not be able to give you anything in the game today? It, it, you know, it's not like he's recovering from some kind of a, a, like a, a severe major, like the, the knee is not stable. It's a back. How do we know he can play on Monday with the back but he can't play today. Like my assumption, and maybe it's wrong, but they haven't given us a lot on this, is that Ben Simmons is is now healthy. Why can't he play today? 
I'm not saying go out there and give me 39 minutes and, you know, defend Jason Tatum. But I can't get 14 minutes from Ben Simmons in the game tonight. I mean, the, the, the entire season is on the line tonight for Brooklyn, right? Is it fair to say if they lose tonight, they're done? And he can't give me anything? Here's what I think. And tell me if I'm crazy with this. Ben Simmons doesn't want to play, right? But Ben Simmons kind of has to play. And if, in fact, they lose this game tonight, well, that's an easy landing spot because there's no expectations. But if they win tonight, you think he's going to make his debut on Monday? I, I, here's the thing. I don't believe anything from this guy at this point. If you say, that's not fair, you know what? Maybe it's not. Maybe my tact and take on Ben Simmons is not fair. But you know who's earned this? Ben Simmons. And by the way, Kyrie and KD, you wanted a figurehead as a coach. You wanted just a guy as a coach. You got it. Here you go. Here's the guy you can push around. Here's the guy that's going to not make in-game adjustments. Here's the guy that's going to, oh, good job, boys. Great job. Clap when you come off the court. That's what you wanted. That's what you got. What was the quote? We played it yesterday on DPH on Rothenberg. What was the quote? We don't want a guy that's going to make us run a lot. No, you wanted a guy that's going to treat you like the prima donnas that you are. Well, you know what? Congratulations. You got exactly what you wanted. All right, that's only the tip of the potpourri iceberg because we're going to get into the Jets. We're getting into the Giants. We're going to get to your calls as well. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Part of the potpourri package is uh, is we bring in the, the fine producer of this show at 9.15 and we say good morning to him or really them because I think Jake has also ensconced himself as part of the show. So good morning to the great Ty D. Butler. Good morning, Ty. Good morning, David. And the reason why the 545 call happens at that time, you know I'm a spiritual guy. I'm one of my favorite scriptures. Early will I rise and seek thee. So I'm up early. Uh, giving Thanksgiving, and I'm I'm immediately thinking about the show. I'm I'm in full force today because it's a lot going on. So I said, you know what? Let's show some love to everyone, not just the Yankees and the Nets, but get some Mets and Rangers love because I listened to you this week solo. By the way, you solo. are so fantastic. Very heavy like lifting. You're hot. You're very hot. So very heavy lifting all week. Let's come out hot. You you earned a star yesterday on the show, courtesy of uh, Ray Santiago for being able to do the heavy-duty lifting that is hosting a solo show, which, by the way, you do every Saturday, but neither here nor there. Uh, so I, I just felt like we needed to get full throttle Dave Rothenberg today. Wow. That's that's very nice. And I love, and then I hear, you know, Jay Williams, big fan of the show, so big shout-out to him. It's happening. Don't you see? It, it's, it's spreading. It's it, happening. It People is. all over. The, once you hear it, you can't go back. There's no going back. You hear DPHR Rothenberg, you're like, oh, I like that. I need more of that. Let me w- let me wake up at five o'clock in the morning, five to eight, and listen to your show. It's a right. fantastic program, Rick T. Pietro and Company. Oh, the company! I mean, I wake up to tweet. I'm not even on the show, and every day I'm I'm swarmed with tweets from the company. Uh, listen, the company is very much involved. I I mean, what, what were we this week though? 
when Rick wasn't there, because Rick is not well and the family is is also under the weather. What were we this week? Just the company. So it was just uh, welcome to the company. Yeah, welcome to the company. Well, are we we are the company. Well, we were the company, and there is a strong contingent of company members out there. You must be exhausted because I mean, clearly, uh, according to Mike Greenberg, he he does all the heavy duty and the heavy lifting on that show. You're just uh, you know along for the ride. You know what we've now established, though? What's that? Is that when one of us is out, the other one just does it solo. That's it. There is no, well, let's, bring in, let's bring in Gordon, let's bring oh. in Anita, let's bring, no, Carlin, that, na- that is now dead. Oh, so that's fascinating because I'm now, like, the most, the most intrigued I am for any program coming up is the Rick DiPietro solo hosting experience. Oh, oh. back by popular demand. That's going to be a I wild will ride. wake up. I will be off. I'm, I think I'm off like the end of June. I'm off for a week. That's my next week off. I will set my alarm 4.55 Monday morning, June 27th, just to hear him do a solo show. Now, if it goes off the rails and you get a text from— if, no, or, You're right. Great point. When it immediately goes off the rails, like when RJ, who is the esteemed producer of the show, decides, you know what? We cannot allow this to happen for too much longer. And you get a text saying, Dave, like, I know you're off today, but we really need you to come save this thing. Do you hop on the headset and, and, and host the show? Are you a uh, team no. player that way? Are you just, no, you just let no. him blow up? No, no. I get a finite amount of days for vacation. He's going to have to put it together. And he, listen, he can stay up. He can write all these notes. He, he's, he'll be fine. Well, but that's it. We are, we are now the Iron Man show. <laughs> Where if one of us is out, the other one picks up the slack. That's it. I don't like what you did, though, by the way. What did I do? And You're so sly. Like, you're a, a well-put-together guy. Like, aside from your weight issue, like, you're pretty well-put You know what? I'm together. done with you. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Really. <laughs> take shots I'm not, No, you, stop with you. I take shots. How are you going to go there? And then you're, then that's going to be your, your open, your, your, your entree into it. Outside of your weight issue. I don't have a weight issue, you jerk. You look at the call screener, and it's like, you know, Iron Staten Island wants to weigh in on the Debo Samuel, you know, trade rumors. And you're like, before we get to that, Ira, what would you say about the show? Do you miss Rick, or do you like it better without him? Like, why do we got to go there? Well, why can't I'm, we just... I'm asking, I mean, you see, what you don't understand is, and you're, you're a newbie to the industry, is that you, 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 you want to be entertaining. That's entertaining. Right. I mean, if you if you pit people against each other, if you're getting honest assessments of people at that hour in the morning, it's good stuff. Ricky DP. Yeah. I mean, during the last dance, uh, I forget the season that Pippen elected to have surgery. If Jordan starts the press conference, I know you guys want to hear about the performance. But by the way, do you guys think we're better without Scotty or like do you miss him? Like That's not what real teammates do. You, that's you, a fair point. So I, I don't like the shot. You but take I, about my but guy, it's Ricky all tongue in cheek. We know I love Rick. I don't know that you do. Oh yeah, of course I do. Don't 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 be that guy. Don't be a baby. All right, phone lines all lit up. I love it. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Uh we gotta get into the Giants and the Jets. Both you know, both suffering from kind of a, a, a similar player. Kadarius Tony right now, I guess Pat Leonard reports and I reached out to a couple people. They said, Yeah, they think it's true that the Giants would trade Kadarius Tony. I guess they're very annoyed, didn't show up for voluntary workouts. Uh, was hurt all last year. I mean, this is a new regime. It's a new coaching staff. They can't. They can now not present you with with the playbook. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? You don't you don't want to get off to to a good first impression with the new coaching staff. What are you doing? If you're Kadarius Tony, and then Mackay Becton, I don't know. I I mean, would you would you be shocked 
if the Jets took an offensive lineman four and then traded Mekhi Becton? Because I would not. And you know what? He, someone called yesterday, yesterday, the day before, whenever it was, and said, trading Kadarius Tony. And I was like, no, it doesn't make sense. He's, he's a weapon and you want to have him. But I will say this. Let's just, I mean, it, there's a lot of strength in this, in this draft with wide receivers, right? So for argument's sake, let's just say that you could trade Tony. I mean, it, you know what this is like? It's like you, you buy the car, and the second you drive off the lot, it immediately loses. Well, what's the old adage? Like, in a, like if you buy a $35,000 car, you drive off the lot, immediately it's worth like $27,000. So Kadarius Tony is a baby, right? I mean, age-wise. One season, no mileage, and there's no way you'd get back what you put into him. Well, it was the 19th pick in the draft or something like that. So you're going to, at best case, get, what, a second-round pick? But I'll say this. Let's just say that the Giants look at, I mean, I don't even care what receiver it is that you, that you compare, right? You say, they like fill-in-the-blank better than Kadarius Toney. Well, if they get to the 48th selection of the second round, and somebody wants Kadarius Tony and says, we will give you this pick for Tony. And you look at your draft board and you say, boy, the, and I'm, uh, the kid from, I'm making it up, Missouri is available. And we actually like him more than Tony. Well, then why would you not make that trade, right? Now, I don't know that you do. But I think you have to factor in, uh, he's a headache. Right? Mekhi Becton is a headache. And I heard a lot of, uh, well, you're, it's not fair what you're doing to him. Because you're giving him a hard time for not showing up to voluntary workouts and, and his, his girlfriend is due, right? They're having a baby. Well, then I haven't heard the Jets say that. Say that. I haven't heard that as an excuse. We, all I need is we, we're fine with him not being here because his girlfriend is due to have a baby. So it makes perfect sense. And we absolutely excuse that. We, didn't, we, we told him to stay away. It's fine. Nobody said anything like that. Sounds like they're disappointed that he's not here. Sounds like they're disappointed that he had, what, a, a six to ten week injury last year and missed the entirety of the season. Sounds like they're disappointed that he shows up overweight. Sounds like they're disappointed in a lot of things about Mekhi Becton. So you have two very similar guys right now. Worlds of talent. Is it worth the headache? Maybe not. Maybe you draft the offensive lineman if you're the Jets. Trade Becton for, what, a second round pick? Because you're not, you're not going to get the same value back. You, the car is now off of the lot. Same thing with the Giants. You're not going to get the 19th pick in return for Kadarius Toney. The car is off the lot. But if you look at that, whoever, at that receiver and say, I can get the receiver that I actually like as much as Tony, and I can get him with the 39th pick, and I can get that in return for trading Kadarius Toney, then why would I not? Because he's not, he's not a Joe Shane guy. Joe Shane inherited all these guys. He didn't draft these guys. They're not his guys. <laughs> You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Cullum in the Bronx. Cullum, you're on 98.7 ESPN. David, good morning. Good morning, you Cullum. Doing? You can't get enough, right? You're with me every Monday through Friday. You're with me on Saturday. You're, you're a groupie. Yeah, I'm, I'm a member of the company, certified member. Shout out to the company. You know, we're coming in strong. It's growing every day, you know. I, I'm here. I'm here for the long haul. Like that it. kind of party. I love it. All right. So, what do you got today, Cullum? So, talking a little bit of the Yankees. I know we've talked a bunch of times. You know, it's a it's a good win, but still the offense is lacking. And 
you gotta love you gotta love the pitching staff and what's going on with how phenomenal they are. But and I feel like when the offense starts picking it up, I don't think this you know the pitching staff can sustain it. But my big thing that I wanted to talk about is you know you have two more games against Cleveland. They're an average team. They're they're pretty good offensively, but they're an average team. They're, you gotta an, they're win. an average you gotta team. Win. And you're not and you're not even facing their their elite pitcher in Bieber. Right. They're they're an average team. And then the next two series, you got the Orioles with, with I don't know with the Yankees with the Orioles, but the Orioles are bad. And then you have Kansas City. The Yankees right now, they got to show me something. I don't care if you can't score a lot of runs. I don't care what's going on. You got to win six six out of the next eight games, and you got to. Oh, I, I agree. At, at at a minimum, I mean, here, here's the thing, and let let's be honest, you 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 got to, you got to sweep Baltimore. I mean, they're, they're a bad, bad team. To lose two out of three to the Orioles and then have them wind up losing a series to Oakland is just, I mean, they're lousy. You can't do that. So here's what you need. Minimum, what, so, so that's their, their upcoming schedule. Jake, I mean, you know everything about the Yankees. Their upcoming schedule is two with Cleveland, obviously, and then it's Baltimore into Kansas City. That's what they have coming up? Yeah, they had an easy stretch, and that's why a lot of Yankee fans said going into this like 15-game stretch, they wanted to see them go 11-5, and five, but then starting off losing two out of three to Baltimore, obviously, was not the ideal start. It, it wasn't, obviously, and, and not scoring runs in two of those games was embarrassing. But here's the thing. You go at least 1-1 one and one over your next two, and then you go 2-1, two 2-1. and, one, two and one. So you're 4-2. and two. If you go anything worse... Then five and three over the next eight, you should freak out. Freak out. Not, well, it's only the end of April. Freak out. I mean, you have two at home against Cleveland. You never see their ace. You have three against Baltimore, which must be Yankee Stadium, right? Yeah, they, they come here. Yeah, they're yeah. here. Exactly. So exactly. since they took two out of three there, you have to sweep at Yankee Stadium. I mean, Stadium. you, you got to have your way with them. And then Kansas City, I mean, you, if you do any, I mean, at a minimum, Five and three, if not better, you should freak out. And I'm not much for freak out in April, but you you should because that's absolutely unacceptable. That's a that's the, as easy as a schedule gets. As easy as a schedule gets. Let's go to uh, Brian in Manhattan. Good morning, Brian. You're next up on ninety eight seven. Hey, Gabe. How are you? Good, um, Brian. Look, the, the world is a better place when the Mets are playing good baseball. Wasn't that long ago we heard about the Grom and then Scherzer's. Uh, pulled muscle, and I thought, oh, my God, another year of this. I'll tell you this. The fact that Buck Walt has been out of work for as long as he has is an absolute disgrace. It's so obvious that the guy is, a, is just a great manager. But I, yeah, I, I but really a lot of teams, you know what it is, Brian, a lot of teams don't want that level of personality at manager, and they don't want a guy who's going to demand what he wants to be done. Like, if you have a button pusher, you might have a better chance of getting the job than if you're someone who has that, that real demeanor of, we're doing it my way. Well, well, speaking of button pushers, so, so you made a mistake earlier, Dave. You said that Udoka doesn't have more experience than Nash. And as a head coach, that's true. But he worked eight years with Pop. He did a year with, uh, with Philly, and he did a year with Brooklyn. So Brooklyn saw that this guy was a good coach. But because KD and Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan and all these, you know, uh, the prima donnas, they wanted a, a yes man. So I don't blame Nash. I blame Nets management. I blame Nets players. You know, KD, the Nets were real. The Nets were a fun. I don't know if you remember this. You probably do. A couple of years ago, they had uh, 
you know, they had sort of like an average team, but they played great together. They had Levert and they had Jared Allen and they had that lefty kid. And they were fun. I went to one of the playoff games against Philly. Kenny Atkinson was a really good coach. Really good coach. And then they fired him, right? Because and, and we all know because that's that's not who, that's not who the guy that's not who these as you said and you're right prima donnas wanted leading their team exactly. Yeah, so like to me, it's just karma, you know. Like KD is obviously a great player. There's no question about it. But you know what? He didn't like playing for Steve Kerr. Who doesn't like playing for Steve Kerr? Like KD is a again tremendous player, but he wanted to run with Kyrie. He picked Kyrie as his Robin. That should have been a red flag right away because Kyrie is crazy, absolutely crazy. He's, he's impossible. He, You're right, Brian. It's a good call. That's a good call. That's a solid call, and he's right. I mean, and the and the Nets have completely empowered these guys the entire way. They've empowered these guys, right? I mean, look, look at what they've done. Look at what they've done, Kyrie. We, we we are standing fast. Where if you're not vaccinated, you're not playing. So Kyrie, we're taking a stand. I'm sorry, we're not playing this game where you can play the road game. It's not happening. Uh, Kyrie, you know what? Come on, let's go. We we said that when we thought it would be a non-issue. Now it's an issue. Come play for us. Kenny Atkinson's our coach. We don't want Kenny Atkinson. We want. We'll take that guy. All right, that's who you want. That's who you got. So you're right. I mean, it's it, you don't have to run far to place the blame on whose fault this is. This is what they wanted. This is what they got. And now this is what they'll have to endure. 1-800-919-3776. Go to John in Belmore. John, good morning. You're on 98.7. Hey, Dave. What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about these giant picks. Yep. I mean, we haven't had a pass rush. We, haven't, we, we can't get to the quarterback. As much as we need to protect them the last five years, I can't remember the last time a guy got there more than 10 times in a season. The guy Golston we gave away. But besides that, I mean, Thibodeau, who knows? The Kimo guy looks good. The guy that intrigues me is Stingley Jr. They say that Stingley Jr. would have battles with Jamar Chase at practice. Like you I was reading believe. about Stingley Jr. yesterday. said that he is one of the guys rising up the draft boards. Now, let me, let me read you this, uh, and then we'll get into a conversation on the Giants. From Todd McShay. He says, I keep hearing Giants and Carolina connected to Mississippi State offensive tackle Charles Cross. It's lying season, so take it for what it's worth. If true, Giants should take Cross at five, knowing Carolina is likely to go OT or quarterback at six. Then the Giants get the same edge rusher at seven as they would have gotten at five. Only potential flaw in this plan, Carolina trading the sixth overall pick. Yeah, they're going to figure it out day of. Those first four teams, that Jets pick, you know, I, I, I want to tackle. I want offensive tackle. But You're going to get a tackle. To the, we, we need a pass rush, too. It's crazy. They need. I mean, John, they need everything. You say we need – they need everything. They need, to, they need to redo the offensive line still. Now, they've started to do some stuff, but they still need a lot of pieces there. They could use another receiver. They absolutely have to take a tight end. They need help at the cornerback position. They don't have any linebackers, and they need guys that can get to the quarterback. So you'd almost be hard-pressed to to find something they don't need. They need everything. They're bad. They've been bad for years. That's why it's so frustrating. Do you know how hard it is 
to be this bad for this long in the NFL. It, it just shows you how, I mean, absolutely inept Dave Gettleman was at his job. To be this bad, to pick in the, in the top five, seven, nine, every single season, year after year after year, means that your franchise is broken. I mean, and look at look at the guy. Uh, I almost said Dave Brown. Daniel Jones, no idea. Saquon Barkley, hasn't lived up to it. DeAndre Baker, not even here. Kadarius Toney, already on the trade block. Andrew Thomas, you know, it looks like he's going to be a good, solid left tackle, maybe even right tackle for a long time. But there's a, I mean, they, they haven't even drafted well. They, they, they have had top picks and not drafted well with those top picks. And that's why you continue to get top picks. New York football, baby. Uh, I mean, and, and we could get, throw the Jets into the conversation, too. Well, because you mentioned last segment and, uh, you know, Makai Becton and the issues that he's currently experiencing. If the Jets trade him, like, think about what the 2020 draft becomes. It's your first two picks are Becton and Mims, who are non-factors. Mims is, is he stinks. So those are your first two picks. So you're already having issues with Becton, who was supposed to be your franchise tackle. And now Mims, who the coach the coach once said, like, didn't have a game plan for him. Like, he didn't fit the system. Those are your, your first and second round picks. And for them to just completely be non-factors, that's how you stay as irrelevant and as that's bad right. as That's right. If you have top picks every year and you draft well, you're not having top picks for long. And if you draft poorly, then you know what you are? The Jets and the Giants. Those are supposed to be the cornerstone people. Of course. You're, you're number one and number two. Of course Those they are. Starters. You know, well, look at it. It's like Saquon, Saquon Barkley, second overall pick. Wouldn't trade that pick for anything in the world where you could have gotten unbelievable value. Now it's like if you traded Saquon, what would you get? Oh, maybe a fourth round pick if you're, if you're lucky. Right? Kadarius Tony. don't know that we want him anymore. I mean, you can't. I, I, I am so annoyed at Dave Gettleman. And I've had a lot of people say, you know, it, it's over. It's not over. <laughs> it's not over with him. You know when bad things happen in your life and you like you wake up in a cold sweat, you're like, oh, God, that was terrible. Well, it's over. Let it go. It's over. It's, it's not over. They have no money on the, under the salary cap because of this guy. You're talking about trading first-round picks because of this guy. He, I mean, the, the, the era of Dave Gettleman is nowhere near over. I'm they now, they now as a hoss. All, all of the breaking that he did within this organization. He was terrible. I mean, you talk, you talk about the awful GMs we've seen, like Scott Layden, right? Like, like, all, like Phil Jackson. You know, Dave Gettleman's like, move over. Save a seat for me on that bench. <laughs> You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. <laughs> but now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. You can try. Many have. Few have succeeded. Stump Rothenberg on 9870 SPN brought to you by Slowman's. All right, Ty, give us the updated standings for this year. For the year? 
Well, isn't that what we do? <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> every every week? Like, am I asking you something that's that's not the norm? It, it is the norm. All right, so you're 160 and 27. That's good, yes? It's okay. It's, it's... What, would you, what would you say right now if I asked you? And, and this is a quick mess. So we're, what, 160 and 27, so 133 over 500 right now? Correct. What would you say we are by the end of the year? How many games over 500? <laughs> by the end of the year? So, yes. All right. Um, we're a third of the year through. Yeah, just about right. And we're at 133 clear. So I guess if you do the math, we'd have to get to, what, 399? So about 400 games clear of 500. Wow. Uh, 500. So you think we're going to be plus 400 over the 500 barrier? I mean, that's pretty impressive. That would be a wild number, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. All right, let's see what we can do today, shall we? I'm excited about this. You, you've you screened these. You love these like they're your own children, these yeah, questions. And you, and you know, it was a term I was going to use that's inappropriate, but I get very excited about like NBA questions. Mm-hmm. So like that got, kind of party? We, we've got one here that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you think because I, I, I nailed it. Wow. And so I can call back, on you for some help. We're going back 60 years for this question. And well, I was before very even, impressed. Were even a th- before you, even I was a thought. Yeah, and you were a thought, what, 75 years ago. No, I'm, I'm a young man. You are. I'm 49. Who was the elder statement, statesman at the station? It's got to be Larry, right? Uh, isn't Don? It's got to no. be like Don, right? No, no, I'm talking about the oldest person at the station. Well, it's not Don. You think that I don't know what elder statesman? Don's well, Don, my, well, then obviously you're not that bright because Michael is like eight years older than Don. Michael's older than Larry. I don't know how how old. That's Larry what is. I was asking you. Yeah, but, but for I'm you not to sure. throw out Don is just absurd. I've been an Yankee fan since 1938. I'm just thinking. It's either Michael or Larry. I've got to go with Michael. I would go with Larry. I don't, I honestly don't know how old Larry is. Michael. Well, yeah, that's the point. I think Michael is 61. I think. I'm gonna say Larry is older. That's very rude. Well, how is it rude? Are you saying he looks older? Oh, forget it. You're just looking for a fight. You're a bad guy. I'm not saying anything about anything. I'm saying my prediction about old he is. He's wonderful. Let's go to Stu and Jackson. Stu, you lead us off. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Can you hear me? I hear you beautifully. Uh, okay. I just want to say first, before I give you the question, I'm so excited to talk to the guy I call the sports wizard. You're wizard. amazing. So I'm a... I'm a boxing fanatic, so I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, and this is how I gauge if people know boxing. All right. uh, who is the youngest champion in any division, and how old was he? In any division, so it's not Mike Tyson. Not right. And how old is he? So we're talking any division. I think Wilfredo Benitez was like 17 years old. Yes! Thank you. Yeah, Wil- Wilfredo Benitez was like 17 years old and won the... I think, was it the super lightweight championship belt? I think it was. Yeah. 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 The junior welterweight title in seventy. There we go. All right. We don't need the whole breakdown of it. But there you go. That that I put that in the win column. That's one and zero. How you're impressed by that tie, aren't you? Uh, I'm annoyed, but yes, I'm impressed. <laughs> John, why would you be annoyed? All right, John in L.A. John across the country. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, how's it going, guys? Can you guys What's, hear me? Again? Yeah, I hear you beautifully, John. Go ahead. Okay. Perfect. All right, so, well, I'm one and five against you, Dave, and I think if you get this one, I might consider retirement. Really? So this could actually push you into not calling the segment anymore. But I like you, John. I might miss it on purpose. Go ahead. I might miss it on purpose. I like when you call the segment. What do you have? (laughs) All right, uh, Dave. So earlier this week, Freddie Freeman hit a home run against the Braves first at bat. 
Only two other players have done that in Major League Baseball history. What players were those? That so, home run what? against their former teams at the first at-bat. First at bat. I will give you a hint, but I won't be cold just like you, Dave. No, I don't. I don't want a hint. <laughs> I don't think I know it. So it's gonna be former team first at bat. I don't know. I think you might get me on this. Um. Who has done that? So Freeman, that was a cute scene, by the way, the other day. With his kids running up and hugging his former teammates. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't have the answer. So you win. You're, you're one and one today. Oh, what's what's the right, answer? Looks like I will retire this week. No. <laughs> it's... Uh, A-Rod versus the Rangers when he was with the Yankees. All right. And uh, Frank Thomas versus the White Sox, Oakland A's. Okay. All right. There you go. So now we're now we're one and one. That's a tough question. All right. You stay on the line for the college uh, portion. Let's go to Mike in the Bronx. Mike, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, morning, Dave. Uh, I saw this one on the Yankee broadcast on Sunday with the Orioles. Uh, okay. They said uh, there's been three players with 100-plus deals with the Orioles, who also played with the Yankees since 1960. Uh, can you name two of them, two of the three? Three players. 100-plus uh, deals with the Orioles and played with the Yankees. A 100 steals with the Orioles. That's a lot of stolen bases. Yeah. I, I was really... Surprised by one of them, more of a power hitter. Um, uh, Vince Coleman, but he was not. He was not a. Uh, this is gonna take a minute. All right, so what Orioles have over a hundred? And they did it with the Orioles. With the I'm not. Orioles. I'm not even worried about the Yankees portion of this. Uh, Henderson Three never. I don't remember. Henderson never played with the Orioles. Lou Brock never played. Had, oh, now, are we talking in a season? No, no, not in a season. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that, that, oh, all right. So now, all right, now, now, okay. Um, now, all right. So now, let me think. Um, so a hundred still, hundred steals, not that much. All right. So let's let's think here. Um. Luis Aparicio, but I don't think he played with the Yankees. Who else? Um, Adam Jones never played with the Yankees. Paul Blair. No. All right, how about Al Bumbry? Uh, nope, not Al Bumbry. Not Bumbry. Not, three. Huh? not one of the three. All right. <laughs> Brian Roberts never played with uh, Brady Anderson, so it's ah oh God, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of stress here. Uh, at least I understand the question now. Most, so it's got to have over a hundred steals with the Orioles, and then went on to play with the Yankees. 
Um, I wonder if it's is it Luis Aparicio. I don't think he was Yankee. You said Bumbry is not the answer. Yeah, one, one more recent. Uh, Paul Blair, but I don't, I don't think he ever went over a hundred. How about Don Baylor? Man, Dave, unbelievable. Don That's Baylor what... is correct. But you got it wrong, Ray. So mm-hmm. do, you, do you want to put him on hold for the sure part two? Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, all right, there you have. It. So, were you giving me a loss on that one? I mean. When you answer a question incorrectly, is that a win? Oh, I see. I see how you play. All right, but I eventually got it. Uh, that's fine, though. That's the way you want to play. Let's go to um, let's go to Fred in Fresh Meadows. Fred, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Um, you saw how impressive KD was from the foul on the other night yeah. when he went 18 for 20, notwithstanding his field goal attempts. Uh, but that didn't even come close to the NBA playoff record, which is 30 free throws made. In 30 free throw attempts, can you name the NBA legend who hit that phenomenal mark? So he went 30 for 30. Because I, I think Shaq one time for, took like 39 free throws. No, but I'm talking about free, the record for free for foul shots made is 30. And this player hit in a playoff game. And he made 30 foul shots and 32 attempts. I think Kuzi might have done it. You the man. Yeah. But Shaq has the most attempted at 39 or 40. You got that one? Is that the one you're all excited about? Yeah. All right. So that's what, two and two? Two and two. All right. Let's go to uh, Luke in Connecticut. Good morning, Luke. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. And you doubled down on the wrestling. Nature Boy will always be Nature Boy. No, he he's the nature man. At this, at the, we don't need to get here. At this advanced age, he's no longer a boy. Uh, let's grow up a little bit. All right, what do you got, Luke? All right, let's mix it up. A little music. What's the only musical group to perform on all seven continents? Wow. Um, only band to play. Is it a band or is it an in? Uh, now, I know Metallica had played on sixth. And I think they played in Antarctica at some point. But are you saying a, a musical group or or an individual? I said musical group. All right, then I'm gonna. So so I guess a band could be construed as a musical group. I'm gonna go with Metallica. And I think they actually set that in the last year. Metallica. Final answer. Yeah, you got me again, Dave. Sorry. I love that question, Dave. What'd you say? I love that question. And it's a good answer. question. Yeah, because that my immediately my my immediate guess was like the Beatles. The Beatles are probably like the no, but the, you're not going. You're not going to first of all. The Beatles broke up when, right? You're not going to Antarctica in the, in the '60s or '70s. But, I'm, but my point is, like, when you think of questions like that, you you just figure the Beatles did, did everything. But then when you really think about it, I'm like, oh, so wow. I think you had to you had to go more recent because yeah. being able to get to Antarctica is something that's certainly much more, you know attainable now than it yes. was a long time ago. Correct. All right, That's so what do we have? Three and two? Three and two. Not great. Not great. Uh, Chris and Beth Page is always a worthy competitor. Chris, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Uh, appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> all right, Dave. So all <clears throat> every U.S. president was buried with the American flag, except for one. 
and he was buried with the Confederate flag. Who was the only president buried with the Confederate flag? All right, so let's think. It's going to be a long time ago. Could be John Tyler. He was the 10th president, and that's right in that wheelhouse. And it's the Confederate flag or not the American flag, or, or it doesn't matter, it's both? Uh, the Confederate flag, yeah. So just the basic question is, who's the only president buried with the Confederate flag? All right. Um, I think Tyler is the answer. I, I mean, he was always loyal to the Confederacy. I think he died in like the 60, 1860s. I'm going to say uh, John Tyler, final answer. Great job, Dave. Very good. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> see what you get there? You see what you get there, Ty? Well, the thought I, process, I the knowledge. He was 10, right? Was what? He 9 or 10? John Tyler. I thought he was the 10th president. Yeah, he was 10. the 9th. I, 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 was, I didn't know if it was 9 or 10. Yeah, good I thought job, he was man. 10. All right. We take one more and we break. We come back. We have to break or more people will die. <laughs> Do we take that call next, though? Now? Right no, now. We, 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 we take a break. We take a break. People are going to die. People could die. All right. 1 800 919 37. Seven six. What, where are we now? Four and two. We are four and two. All right. So we rebounded somewhat nicely. Yeah, I feel. It's, I, it's a struggle, but you know you're, you're getting there. But if you don't have your A game and you're still four and two, that's okay. That's not. You know, it's fine. It's fine. And if we finish like a like an eleven and three, that would be very pleasing. Very very pleasing. All right. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. If you would like to play, let's go. And we continue. Four and two over the first six. Not bad. But this is where you make your money. This is where you really, this is the postseason. This is where Garrett Cole struggles. And this is where I typically have been outstanding. All right, Jake, you say you have a beauty of a question today, right? I do, but you just took a shot at Garrett Cole for no reason. So now I'm in a There's a reason. (laughs) What's the reason? Well, I don't like him. All right, that's fair. All right. All right. All right. I'm not a fan. Let's move on. And there was All right. A, you're right. There was a reason. All there right. There you go. So the two things we usually talk about when you know during the commercial breaks are baseball and you know what we're watching. So I thought I'd add both into my Stump Rothenberg question today. What is the highest grossing baseball movie of all time? Ooh, that's a good one. I like this. Um, and I actually just watched it uh, yesterday uh, in the afternoon. It was on. So. All right, so let, let's think this through now. Don't say hardball because you're going to start offending G Baby. I again. might start crying with G Baby, but you said it, apparently, you know, yeah, people I don't think you, cry. I don't think you have to worry about that. I think I don't think you have to worry about hardball being in the top fifteen of all times. Hey, Keanu Reeves movies. is swimming in that money right now. What an, what an awful He's movie uncultured. that was! He all right, so let's stop it. Uncultured. So my thoughts are this: Feel the dreams. Got to be up there. Moneyball, up there. And see, Moneyball even more so because that's recent. Even though I thought it was a dreadful movie, I bet you 42 is is up there. But the one I'm leaning towards, and I feel confidently, although I don't know it, 
is a league of their own because that was such a monster movie. By the way, if Aaron Judge were starring in 42, he would have been benched. Or at least given a day. Yeah. Major League. You thought 42 was an awful movie? Oh, it's terrible. Wow. Almost unwatchable. I mean, the Jackie Robinson story is, is amazing, but I did not think that was. So you don't movie. like hardball? You don't? What baseball movies do you like, Dave? It's not like I'm anti-baseball movies. Okay. I just like a movie to be good. I think. You All right, so let me let me play this, and I'll tell you what I like baseball movie wise. I'm going to go final answer, League of Their Own. Dave, after you rattled off those first three movies, I thought I was going to say you're going to lose, but Dave, you found a way to pull it out. It is a league of their own, and you named the other two that were in the top three. Moneyball is third place with $75.6 million. 42 is second with $95 million, and a league of their own is the highest grossing baseball movie of all time with a whopping revenue of $107.5 million. Do you have the top ten in front of you right now? I do. All right, I will tell you. Run through them. I'll tell you very quickly what I like of the top ten. All right, so he mentioned the League first of Their Own. Three. I love, All right, love. Number four is the rookie. That's uh, De- Dennis Quaid. Yes, that's fine. Five is Field of Dreams. Great. <laughs> Six is the Bench Warmers. <laughs> I don't know why I don't remember that one. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, come on, that's funny. Oh, I mean, it, it has it its moments. Fi- it, like, like it's a fraternity <laughs> kind it's of movie. Stupid, funny. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love this one. Uh, rookie of the Year. That was uh, Pitcher's Got a Big Butt movie. Henry Rowan Gardner. Uh, Rowan Gardner. That was with Gary Busey. Was that that movie? <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. That's fine. Uh, eight is Bull Durham. I mean, great. Uh, nine is Angels in the Outfield. Fine. And ten was the aforementioned uh, Major League. Oh, great. Great movie. The Natural not up there, huh? Uh, it's 11. Oh, really? That's yeah. a great movie. By great, the way, I, listen, you're going to be very disappointed, but rank number 13, hardball. I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not doing it. What are we, 5 and 2 now? But I'm saying hardball. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm not, I'm not. Please, stop it. It's a horrendous movie. <laughs> you are 5 and 2 on the day, and now you, you are 3 and 10 against me. So 3 and 10? Well, I mean, I'm 3 and 10 against okay. you, so you're 10 That's, and 3. <laughs> there you go. All <laughs> not right. too bad. Let's go to um, Buggo in point somewhere. Buggo, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant. Point You're on Pleasant, Stump Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi, Buggo. So it's a shame that the greatest day for the Giants right now is draft day. But in 1981, you know who we took? Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. There were eight Hall of Famers in the 81 uh, draft. Name five of the seven other. That's Lawrence Taylor! That's Lawrence Taylor! <laughs> All right, so Hall of Famers in the 81 draft. Well, the Jets took the running back third, Freeman McNeil. I'd say he's not a Hall of Famer. Kenny easily went fourth to Seattle. He is a Hall of Famer. Uh, EJ Jr., I believe, was fifth. No. Hugh Green, who almost won the Heisman Trophy out of Pitt, went seventh. I don't remember who went sixth, which means he can't have been a Hall of Famer. All right, so Ronnie Lott's got to be another one. So let, keep track Correct. of this. Kenny Easley, the safety, out of UCLA, I believe. Ronnie Lott, yep. also a safety out of USC. Mm-hmm. Mike Singletary was in that draft. That's three. Ricky Jackson was in that draft. Is he a Hall of Famer? He sure is. That's four. What do I need? One more? One more. And then I'm going to ask you to name the last two. Oh, God. Howie Long, Villanova. 
Correct. That's five. Good lord, you're good. All right, there you go. That's your answer, right? But for, he's saying for bonus credit, if you want to, you know, continue. Bonus credit, come on, Dave. Why, why do I? I, mean, I don't understand. I've, I've, I've completed the assignment. Now yeah, but, I get bon- I have to get bonus credit. But now we're hooked. We want to see how far you can go. How many more are there? Two, two more. And it's not George Rogers. Oh, that I know. It's also not Dave Young. <laughs> Um, where did Dave Young go to college, Dave? Stop! Stop it, please. Um, Dave Young was Notre Dame, I think, or Michigan. Keith Van Horn was in that draft, but I don't think he's not a Hall of Famer. Keith Van Horn, the uh, Nets sniper. No, no, the offensive lineman for the Bears. One is a lineman. And one is a linebacker. A linebacker. An offensive lineman in your division. In my division? That's correct. Oh. Mm -hmm. A hog? He was a hog. Yeah, Russ Grimm. Yep. You got one more. I I can't think of anybody else. Um, A Saint. New Orleans Saints, I believe. uh, So then it's got to be... Those those Hall of Famers. What? Swilling's not a Hall of Famer. Sam Mills? Sam Mills. All right. Yeah. It's a pretty good job, wasn't it there, boys? <laughs> you I'm are, impressed, man. That's incredible. Something. I mean, the fact – what was more impressive uh, was you just going, like, one through seven in that draft. Like, just – That was a Lawrence Taylor draft. Of course. I mean, come on. I've studied that draft at nauseum. That's Lawrence Taylor! That's Lawrence Taylor! <laughs> all right, let's go one more, and then you'll do your, your five-pack, all right? Let's do it. Let's go Michal and Elizabeth. Go ahead, Michal. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Uh, one more uh, NFL draft question. All right. There have been 21 quarterbacks that have started multiple Super Bowls. Only one of them was drafted in the second round. Who is it? So, so we're, like, it's not Brady, right? It's it's because no, no, he's, he's not because it has yeah, to be a second he was, round. He was sixth round. Yep. Um. Second round. All right, so let, let's think of the quarterbacks that have started multiple Super Bowls. Uh, John Elway, so it's not him. Um, Aaron Rodgers, no, he's only been to one. Brady, it's not him. Uh, Bradshaw was the first overall pick. Oh, Joe Montana. Let me keep thinking. Was Joe Montana's second round pick? He might have been a th- round pick that that's the one that's intriguing to me is montana love when you're intrigued because obviously notre dame had the big comeback in the cotton bowl but what round was he selected he might have been a third round pick i'm gonna go on so it's peyton who's obviously top overall we need to break otherwise no i'm listen i'm sorry i'm sorry you're not you're not gonna break so quickly I got to go through here. Jim Kelly, no. Aikman, no. Roethlisberger, no. Kurt Warner, undrafted. Bart Starr was a late pick. Once you get it, you're going to be like, oh, God. Not Eli. Theismann, Craig Morton. Dave, you know this. It's that easy? 
Second round pick? Come on! It's, th it's that easy, huh? You know this, Dave. Well, it's not Kurt Warner. It's <laughs> you, not Plunkett. You mentioned a team already. You, you had a team. Like, the team was there. The you, team? The team was there because you discussed a quarterback. I don't want you helping me. If we go to noon, I mean, no. Listen, no, I'm thinking it through. I'm going to get text messages from our program director. Let him he... text me. I know he's listening. He's texting me. So we're going to go a minute late. Fine. It's not that big a deal. We're four minutes late. We're not four minutes late. It's 11.01. Yeah, so calm yourself down. Break it like 57. All right. You, we want, we want, you know what? We'll do that. We'll take a break. We, it, unprecedented times. We're going to take a break and come back and finish this question. And then we're going to get to Ty's five pack next on Stump Rothenberg on 98.7 ESPN. We are back. It has spilled over to a third segment. I took my time. I was careful. I was deliberate. And Ty can attest, it took me a long time to finally stumble upon my final answer. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Ty, is that correct? That is correct. That, took a long, that was a lot of work for me. I, I'm very – because you mentioned Rodgers. You mentioned Star. So I'm like, he's going to get it. And it you, took a – listen – I have a lot of knowledge in my brain. It took a long time to go down the list and finally get there. I, I think you're going to grow a lot of respect for someone who you work with. I just got a call from Don Lecrec. He's so into this. He called. He's like, I need to hear the question. What was it? He wanted me to repeat the question to him. Okay. He's throwing names at me. He's like, all right, I'll hang up. I'll get it. I'll get it. So well, Don's on the edge of his seat. So, oh. yeah, so Br Brett Favre. Yes. But you, you, like, you on it, like, anybody that thinks I'm cheating, like, you, you, like, you, Ty, behind the scenes, you just saw how my brain was working, right? Yes. It took me a long time <laughs> to get there. It took you a while to get there. But I got there. But you did. So, the, what is that now? Is that six and two? Seven and two. Seven and two. Yeah, there we go. All right, go ahead with your, your little five pack. All right, let's do uh, players involved. Oh, no, no, the... no. Actually, first we have to go oh. to the callers that got me. Oh, yes, we do. We do. All right, let, let's go to John in L.A. John, where are you going with the college portion of Stump Rothenberg? I'm going to stomp you, Dave. This is it. This is the day. Now, you do realize with the parameters, it's, it's supposed to be a skill position player in the NFL or an NBA player know, in the Dave, 80s or I 90s. Know, I know. I'm not going to give you the safety or the 1984 Buccaneers or nothing. Um, Chucky Atkins. I think he's South Florida. You're talking about the, the point guard, Chucky Atkins. Yes, sir, from the... South, he said, Detroit Pistons, South Florida, number seven, Chucky Atkins. Final answer, not even, not even a question. <laughs> well, the only positive thing is I'm not going to retire. See you next week, Dave. Right. See you guys. I didn't know Chucky Atkins. Play with a good the question. Yeah, it's a good question. All right, and then we have one more, right? Mike in the Bronx. Mike, go ahead to try to get the daily double. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Oh, I had a, a second. Trivia question, Dave. No, no. It's uh, a, where did this guy go to college is the is part oh, two. Oh, where did the guy go to college? Do you have that oh, ready man. to go or not? Uh, I don't have that ready to go. All I'm right, sorry, we Dave. move on. So where, what, what's our total before you go with your five-pack? We're eight and two. Eight and two. Let's go. All right. Uh, I'll, guys playing today, so an NBA playoffs edition. Let's start with, he was mentioned earlier in the show, Jalen Brown. I think he's Cal. Um, confident he's Cal. How confident? He's Cal. He's Cal. He is Cal. I, I hear this guy, big fan of the show. Uh, Kessler Edwards. Kessler Edwards? Um, Kessler 
Edwards. I think he went to Pepperdine. Which, by the way... Did he go to Pepperdine? He's definitely a West Coast Conference guy. I think he hits a three tonight, so if you want to bet that on uh, Caesars. Yeah, I think get right, right on that. Um, most gorgeous campus in all of this country, Pepperdine. You would be correct, my friend. All right, nice. That's two. Uh, I used to love this guy. Uh, he played for my team. He's now the sixth man of the Utah Jazz. His name is Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson. He used to be with the... Um, L.A. Lakers. L.A. Lakers, of course. Clarkson... I think went to more than one school. Oh, you would be correct. You're but the most recent one that you're looking for would be would be the University of Missouri. Wow, you are unbelievable. <laughs> Has your wife ever said that to you, Dave? All the time. Wow. Good Lord, you're good. <laughs> All right, uh, Raptors looking to avoid being swept. If they do get swept, it'll be because this guy had a monstrous game, Shake Milton. Here's the question. What is Shake Milton's first name? Uh, what is Shake Milton's first name? Uh, SMU is the school. Malik is oh. the first name. Wow, you put me onto some information. You'd be correct. That's right. And lastly, uh, he might be the slowest basketball player on the planet. On the planet. On the, on the planet. Uh, he's a Memphis Grizzly, former San Antonio Spur. His name is Kyle Anderson. UCLA. Correct. So you end today at 13-2. and two. And, and you thought we weren't going to get there. I didn't think we were going to get there. Can I just make one quick suggestion? I you think can, you can, but let me, let, before you do that with your quick suggestion, that's Stump Rothenberg brought to you by Slowman's. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera. With the installation of your Slowman shield, keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. All right, what's your suggestion? I need... Can we, for one Saturday, I would love for us to do a football edition of Stump Rothenberg and maybe an extended edition of, of the segment where it's just you versus Don on NFL. I think that would be tremendous. I would love that. He, honestly, here's what should happen. Don and I should do a specialty show. Not 9 to noon, not 5 to 8 in the morning, not, not 3 to 7 in his slot. Outside of that, sold by sales as the morning show... Against the afternoon show, mano a mano, NFL Stump Lagreca versus Stump Rothenberg. I think that I would win. be tremendous. How his, great would that be? His football knowledge is insane. He as, he knows a lot know. about the NFL. He he's been watching. Now how how will it, will it work via callers or will you run point almost like a Bob Barker? And you'll say, all right, question one, and you will be the host of the trivia battle. I think I can host it. I think, I think that you would be can great. as well. We, we go deep into the uh, NFL history books. And I think people would actually tune in to listen to that because I of think it would be fantastic. Of course they would. You get the giant fan base around it and then even just football fans in general. There's a lot to learn there. Uh, here's what you should do. Can I give you a bit of suggestion? Um, sure. Let's do it. Draft an email. Okay. Send it to Ryan, our program director. I know he's listening anyhow. CC me, CC Don, CC some salespeople, and say, this is my idea. Make sure Don is on board before you start this process. Buddy. Damn it up! Right? Of course he's going to be well, on board. Well, let's he, just make sure. And once you. you do, I think you run with this idea. And I think this puts you, like, management at, at some point <laughs> This could be my baby? I think this will be. You make it your baby. You run point on it. Yes. And all of a sudden, like a year from now, I'm the program director. 
This um, I, is the Ty Butler Show on ninety-eight point yeah. seven ESPN. I think I think even sooner than that. <laughs> even sooner than that. Good job, man. That was awesome. So there we go. All right. So what did we finish at? Thirteen uh, and two. Thirteen and two. Which so give means me give me our final standings, please. We are one seventy-three and twenty-nine. Still haven't gotten to the thirty loss mark. Still, still not. We're still almost not four months, and we will next week by the time we put it close to April. All right. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We started out. We were all over the place. I'd like to focus on the NFL a little bit now. And the two stories that I think are the biggest stories, well, we have Joe Douglas. We'll hear from him in a couple minutes. He was on the K Show yesterday, so we'll hear some snippets from that. But you have two two players I think both of the locals look at as, or looked at as kind of building blocks, right? The Giants are going to build things around Kadarius Tony's going to be an elite wide receiver. Well, now we learn that apparently he's on the on the trade block. And you can have your way with Kadarius Tony if you give... I don't even know. I can't be a first-round pick. Got to be a second-round pick, right, for Darius Tony. So here's my question to the Giants fan, and it's a similar question to the Jets fan. Mekhi Becton, uh, I, I don't want to say unhappy because I don't know, but something seems off, right? So if you could get let, – let's, let's be fair. He was, what, the 10th overall pick? Something in that range. Tony was 19-something in that range. If you are – a fan of the Jets or a fan of the Giants right now, do you take a good solid? I'm not talking about the, the first overall selection in the second round, and I'm not talking about the last selection in the uh, in the second round. Like a, 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 a middle-of-the-road second-round pick, would you take that for either guy? Giants get offered the 39th pick, the 43rd pick for Kadarius Tony, Is that something you're willing to do? He was either 19 or 20. So now you get a good, solid second-round pick, and you can trade him for his immediate replacement. And then on the flip side, if you're the Jets, now what was Becton? 10? Somewhere in that range, right? 10, 11, something right around there. Um, would you... Take because you're not you, listen. I'm sorry, you're not going to get a first round pick at this point in return for Mikai Becton. Would you take the 38th for argument's sake overall pick in return for Mikai Becton? Though that is the question because the draft is here, right? We're Saturday, the draft is Thursday night, Friday night, all day Saturday. So the question out there on the table, and everyone can play if you're a Jets or a Giants fan. Would you take a good, solid second-round pick? Giants, Tony, Jets, Becton. 